Welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey today on the show. I have uh, an entire uh, bio, actually, to uh, introduce uh, this wonderful human being. Um, Aliyah McHatton is a black, non-binary, Milwaukee native poet, facilitator, and student of life. Her writings have granted her performances across the nation, have appeared online, and have made room for her in local headlines and international poetry competitions. Aaliyah began her career in late 2010 and has yet to put down the pen. Is that an intentional rhyme? No, it's not. That's, that's funny. That's pretty good. Um, they strive to shine a light on the gray areas of the human experience using their art as a platform to spark a dialogue. As an educator, she guides others through discussion and creative rhetoric in the hopes of building community and gaining understanding of self in relation to the world, as well as sharpening the wit and critical thinking skills of all participants. It is their mission to bring people together to share in the commonwealth of knowledge. How did I do? That's me, that was excellent. That you. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Leah. Thanks for having me, Ben. Of course. How are you today? Today's been a good day. There was a full moon last night, mm. and whew, all that energy is Did just it. kind of permeating in the air. Word. So navigating that, but it's been a sunny day. Had yeah. a good breakfast, and so. What was your breakfast today? Super good. I went to Coffee Makes You Black. Oh, hell yeah. I love Coffee Makes You Black. Yeah, so I got my normal, my regular. They know what my regular is. I get the chicken and waffles with a salmon patty every time. Oh, nice. Cup of coffee with a caramel macchiato creamer. Oh, that, that sounds uh, very wholesome. It's yeah. wonderful every time. Yeah, I've only been there once, but I had the uh, the chicken and waffles uh, with the hot sauce. Mm -hmm. And, oh man, I want to go back there, actually. It, it's it's fantastic. Yeah, um, we, uh, so fun fact, Ali and I are co-workers at Company Brewing. Um, Aaliyah uh, is, um, kind of helps me uh, organize my, my dish room uh, pretty well. Um, sure. you, you come, yeah, it is so kind of you to like, actually like, like, uh, arrange all the shit, like, you know, in sections and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'll come to work and I'm like, oh, you don't have to do that. Um, and what's funny is you think it's for you, but it's really my type A personality being like, fix that shit. Yeah. What, why is that like that? Right, let's yeah. do let's do something about that. Yeah. Let's do something. It's anxiety I, inducing. Yeah. yeah. Like I can never <laughs> just walk past it. I have a really big issue with just like moving past dirt or grime or just mm -hmm. something that's really quickly can be fixed. So I just yeah. it's one of those things that you just Right, right, right. Now exactly. it's good. Yeah. Were you the type of person to like uh, like step over the cracks like growing up? Like No, I was the kind of person that stepped on them intentionally. Uh, yeah. See, that's where you and I uh, we differ because, yeah. like, I like I couldn't step on the cracks. I had to. It had to be on the tile. I love superstition, and that was actually where it kind of started from. That whole <clears throat> "don't step on a crack or you break your mom's back" kind of thing, mm -hmm. and that was hilarious to me. Like, yeah. and so that led me to like figure out more stuff, and um, it worked out for me. I love lore. I love mythos. Yeah. I love superstition. It's wonderful to me. Oh yeah. But that was hilarious to me. I thought they were so funny. So I would do all the superstitious bullshit <laughs> to try to see if it would happen. And I'm just like, I'm going to disapprove right. this 
dismiss right now. Just go ahead and knock it out. Yeah. Kind of like my own version of Mythbusters. Wow. a tiny person. I was out there. <laughs> yeah, I also love that you give me all the fries that uh, you're about to throw out. Because I eat, I'm a bottomless pit. I eat literally everything in sight. And I'm always stealing fries. Um, yeah, that is true. That is quite accurate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. I, I shamelessly uh, will admit that. But, um... But it's a real pleasure to work with you. Um, you always have a really positive attitude, and like you also just are, you know. I, I think that you are you bring a great dimension of like organization and order to the kitchen. Um, yes, so it's good to see you outside of there for <laughs> once. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm an organizer through and through, so to speak. So I just those are the things that kind of make sense to me. Just they just do they work they fit. Yeah. I've, I'm the kind of person that likes math. Um, do you? I do. I adore math. Oh. It is phenomenal. And every time I say that, someone looks at me like that, like, oh. Spit my drink out. Oh, really? Oh. <clears throat> <laughs> All right. Yeah. I'm like, math is wonderful. The entire world is made up on math. It is. The whole thing, everything. And if we want to get really spiritual about it, sacred geometry is a whole thing. But just in your everyday life literally everything you do is by design the streets you walk down were designed the houses you walk into are designed the buildings you go into are designed all using math mm -hmm. clothes you wear are all designed using math yeah. your body is set up in proportions which is math like if your heart rate is too fast then you have issues if your heart rate is too slow then you have issues if you don't have this many number of this kind of cell you have your entire existence <clears throat> is based on math that is true yeah Timing your uh, timing, how long it takes to get to work and get somewhere. Mm -hmm. You use you have to time it. Shit, time is all math too. Time is all math. But yeah, I I used to get put in like the higher level like math classes, but I was terrible at it. I don't know why I was like put a year ahead. Because you had potential oh then. My God. True potential and probably really shitty teachers. Yeah, the teachers were yeah, terrible. You were probably very bright with shitty teachers. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's. I feel like that's. Uh, that, that tends to be the thing. It's indicative of a lot of acad academics. Like, you can be very bright and smart, but not know where to how to apply it properly. And when you don't have that proper mentorship, you can easily become discouraged and be like, "Yeah, I'm dumb because I'm not good at school." I was always more English oriented. Mm -hmm. um, hence, like my journalism degree. Like, I just liked it. I liked writing. I lo I've always liked words. Mm -hmm. Just nomenclature is a fascinating science. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Like wordsmithing things and just, um, I mean, it's, it does sort of, um, it, I don't know. I, I feel like words are powerful because, you know, they evoke emotional response. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm a, I'm just a very emotional person. And I mean, you're a poet, so use words to evoke emotional response mm -hmm. too in a different avenue, but in, you know, just an equally as powerful medium. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, so I'll write the essays, but I won't do the, I won't do the formulas. Oh, I'm so the other way around. <laughs> Fuck those essays. <laughs> I'm not writing a fucking essay. Absolutely not. I'm not persuading you a shit. I'm right. not explaining this right. thing. I hate essays. Yeah. I'll read them. I'll, I absolutely will read right, them. Yeah. Like, it's terrible. I hate writing essays. Whenever, okay, I flunked out of college. I'm gonna put my business out there. Sure. I flunked out of college by choice mm -hmm. because fuck essays. Yeah. I couldn't find anybody to write them for me. 
Oh, Whenever right. I tried to get help, there were just, it was always go to this random center place. And I was like, okay. But them hoes in there can't help me either. Oh, and it's not that I don't know how to write. It's not that I don't know what to write. It's that I don't know what you're asking for. <laughs> and so I would just always be like, yeah. am I done? Did I do it? Did I do the thing yet? <laughs> and I'm, I don't know, like, I would always write really eloquent, well-written papers. And they were always wonderful and always too long <laughs> and always overthought and always super analytical and it became this very tedious process of writing for me yeah so i was just like i'm just down on grass right yeah when you're like over for me that's just uh, my thing i'm gonna go i'm gonna go write some poems yeah, and yeah. stick to that yes Nah. Right, right, right. That, that ain't it. That ain't it. it. That, that's not a. That's not for me. Right. Yeah. Well. Um, where were you when I was a student? Uh, I, I don't. I would have just gave you the information. It was like, okay, <laughs> no, put that <laughs> into essay format. Uh, Solid. Should have, should have, should have known each other. Different, different, wrong place, wrong time. Wrong place, wrong time. Yeah. Right, right. Right. It'll be all right. Yeah. It, I'm okay. We're here now. So. Oh yeah, so actually, so what we talk about in Mr. Nice Guy, I'm glad you mentioned the, um, sort of how math is in everything, mm. because we talk in Mr. Nice Guy about love and fear, which is in everything. Um, it uh, shapes the way we behave, think, act, feel, respond, just everything that is the, the driving forces behind our passions and our creativity is all... Some, it's some, uh, some dimension of love and fear, mm -hmm. um, and... Once, when you kind of like break, uh, break our conditions down just to those two things, you like, you start like just seeing the whole world in sort of that sense. It's like, is this person acting out of love? Are they acting out of fear? Is the reason that this is that you know people are ignorant, or that people are committing violence, or just you know being shitty? Like, it's it's out of. I mean, hate is a form of fear, mm -hmm. but you know, it's it's a lot of people are just scared, you know, and they're they're scared or they're uncomfortable. They they fear what they don't know or don't understand, um, and or they use what they do fear uh, through some kind of uh, uh, expressive medium. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that uh, poet poets are you know among some of the most like. Um, like uh, visceral artists that there are because they get uh, you know a lot of the poets I know are just so they speak and express with such conviction mm -hmm. um, and I think that that's like just uh, something that many people can do uh, it's just something that uh, I feel like a lot of people are so very afraid of mm -hmm. um, so to begin with, um, I want to hear, um, I guess, like, a little bit about um, your own sort of creative upbringing. Like, I guess, like, where did you really start finding, like, um, uh, like I know you started in 2010. When did you, like, I guess, what really inspired you at that at that time to pursue a... You don't want to know that. Uh, well, actually, you kind of... I want to know all of it. <laughs> you don't want to know that. Okay, so... When I began writing poetry, it came from a place of my fear. Um, one of my greatest fears is fear of failure. So my thing was always that this, thing's need, this thing needs to be great or it's not going to happen. 
Mm -hmm. Either I need to be really good at this and be confident in it, or I'm not doing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Done. Done deal. Um, And there was, in the sixth grade, (laughs) there was this girl who came to my, my, one of my favorite teachers, who just happened to be my math teacher, and it was Miss Williams, shout out to Miss Williams, because she's amazing. Um, And she was like, Miss Williams, I wrote a poem, I wrote a poem, and I was like, you don't write poems for real. And then she read it, and it was this very adorable, roses are red, violets are blue type poem. And I was just looking like, that ain't no poem. <laughs> Sixth grade, little 11, 12 year old me, just like, mm, I can write a better poem than that. Oh, yeah. And then I did. And so, oh, I feel bad about that. But I was just like, no, sis, no. Get that. <laughs> no. Yeah. So I decided I'm going to write a better poem than she did and show it to my favorite teacher because how dare you try to take the spotlight from me. I was very much a teacher's pet. Yeah, sure. <laughs> very much so. Yeah. I needed to be liked by my favorite yeah. teachers. It was one of my, one of the things that I'm very grateful to have outgrown and to have experienced, but to move past. Mm-hmm. That being said, I blew that bitch out the water. I wrote so many poems after that. It's just like, you know, watch this. Ha, here's some real thought. Here's some real life for you. Yeah. Okay, boo. And all the teachers were like, this was amazing. This is so great. Do this in the talent show. Do this, do that. And that was like the most ego building experience yeah, sure. I've probably ever had. And it was redonk, but um, it gave me a lot of confidence to. to continue to mm-hmm. pursue that craft I never said out loud to that girl that that poem was whack I never came to her and was like that poem was ass and I'm gonna write a better poem than you yeah. but I definitely had that feeling on the inside sure. um, so <laughs> I will say young Aaliyah was at least um, sensitive to other people's feelings in that way mm-hmm. but I was just like mm. Okay, I'm gonna show you what I'm right, right. gonna show you I ain't tell you I'm gonna show you but I'm gonna show you yeah. and then eventually uh, I was afforded the opportunity to join my high school poetry team at Reagan Wutu. Shout out to the best IB school in Milwaukee, period, Point Blake, Ronald yeah. Wilson Reagan, College Preparatory International Baccalaureate World High School. Oh, yeah. Full official title. Oh, wow. yeah, <laughs> Long sure. name for high school. Yeah. But whatever. Um, and um, that was a part of Stillwater's Collective High School Slamming, which I eventually became the person running um so i went from writing poems the best somebody in the sixth grade mm-hmm. to writing poems for actual competition in high school competing those poems against other people other, other peers even other people that you've had on your show before oh. and they're also part of are we gonna family. name drop are we gonna shout I'm out i'm not gonna name yeah. drop but ask any local poet ages 18 to 27 about the high school family and see what happens. Somebody's gonna, there's gonna be a lot of, I was in it, I know so and so, remember they was, and then you'll get somebody else like, what's that? You're right. <laughs> Most people are gonna be like, hell yeah, I know everything about that, it was amazing, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But it's a, it was a wonderful, transformative experience for a lot of young poets who are, you know, mid 20s now, who are, in that age range of 18 to 35 right now having kids having babies going through college navigating life doing all these wonderful things it was an excellent experience for you to find other young people that were having difficult conversations that were actually sitting down to talk about things that meant something to them that wasn't mm-hmm. just 
relationships or closed our social media right, right, but right. it was hey this is what's what's going on in my world this is what's going on in the political aspects of my life here is how my existence is shaping out here's how i'm navigating it what the fuck or yeah. help me or did you see this that right. shit crazy or i'm gonna beat your ass whatever the case yeah, was yeah. It was really, really great to have a platform that was designed for you to speak your mind in a way that was not inhibiting, in a way that was mm -hmm. not going to censor you. And it was amazing. And that pushed me to continue to write. And so now I think of poetry as a way to slow down the moment. I talk really fast, mm -hmm. a lot. Um, but if you hear a poem of mine, they're often very slow cases. They're often very short. Um, because it's about really honing in on one part of this thing, on this, and all of these grand endeavors and all of this really weird, intricate life, this. Just let's take a second yeah. to talk about this. This one thing, this small thing, this little piece of all of this other shit. Mm -hmm. And you talk about how it relates to that later, but let's just, bring it down to this one thing and having that moment that solitude or even just that moment of um, of solace really just mm -hmm. to kind of bring all of those thoughts together to make it concise to make it one thing is extremely liberating for yeah. me so that is why poetry is wonderful that's how I'm gonna start and I'm leaving out the part about church we're leaving out the part about church um so um so well that's Wonderful and that's beautiful. Um, how do you feel? Um, you know, I mean, obviously, like you know, it comes with maturity and it comes mm -hmm. with just growing up. But how do you feel like your poetry? Like, uh, I mean, it started in sixth grade. You know, showing someone up. Um, like, you feel like you're a person of a of a competitive nature. Not in poetry anymore. Sure, sure. <laughs> Not anymore. I was. Um, and that's something that a lot of young poets go through too, especially being in the spoken word slam poetry community. Yeah. Where you sometimes you'll lose sight of the fact that you're doing this for self-expression and for love and for the, the love of the craft. And you start to do it for points. You start to do it for accolades. You start to do it for the snaps and the crowns. You gonna get from the crowd. You really want that feeling and that rush of being appreciated on a stage. You know, you want to know. You want to remember why you're doing that. Why you wrote that snappy line. Why you got that bar in there. Why was that so impactful? Why was that metaphor so meaningful? And pulling that back into yourself it can be difficult, but it's definitely a lesson that a lot of young poets learn. And it was really, really healthy, I think, to learn it through the High School Slam League because it is a space for competition. Mm -hmm. But it's also a space for you to remember that these are your peers. These are people that love you. These are people that care about you. These are people who are writing similar things, who are feeling similar things. And even when they aren't, their feelings are still valid. Their mm -hmm. pains are still valid. The way they view the world is still valid. The way their mm -hmm. mind works is valid. It can be different. It can be not what you think. Does not make it wrong. Right. It does not make it, um, you know, disingenuous. Even, yeah. You know? Right. So, yeah, I don't think I'm so competitive for poetry anymore. However, you ain't seeing me in no board games. We're not seeing any. Uh, no, no one, no one of that, seen me that, in a board game. None of that Monopoly shit. Mm -mm. No. Mm -mm. I don't even play Monopoly. However, you can get your ass beat in Jumanji. 
in fucking trouble you can come run these hands and connect four oh, wow. it does not matter bring any battleship i will it's a wrap oh damn it's curtains it's curtains, it's curtains. yeah i i um i don't remember the last time i played a board game so i'm not even gonna open that can of worms you need to host a game night well we're gonna have a game night okay uh what what are we playing you are going to have a Mr. Nice Guys game night, and okay. you're going to play. Um, you're gonna have to learn how to play spades if you don't know how. Don't know how. You gotta have to do that. Okay. Um, you are going to have to play. <laughs> What's a great one? You need to play Clue. I do love Clue. You need to play Clue. Clue's Clue is fucking phenomenal. Oh yeah. You need to play. Everybody has to play Monopoly at one point right. in time. Yeah. You just have to. Yeah. Ultimate game night, wonderful, most crackness game night is always going to have the ultimate stable, Uno. Oh, okay. Uno is like, okay. yes. If you don't have Uno at your game night, your game night is going to suck. Right, right, right. Period. Uh, yeah, that's true. At that point, it's not even a game night. It's just, uh, it's just people conglomerate. People just, uh, uh, in a space, not knowing what the hell they're doing. Basically. Right. I, my, my family, sure. My family game was always uh, Scattergories. Mm -hmm. uh, we play every time I'm, we're all home Love for the holidays. Yeah. My dad always, like, he loves it because he gets to show off how smart he is because he wins every time. Nice. Yeah, yeah. It's, Scattergories is the shit. It is. Play categories with some kids and it'll blow your mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kids come up with the most random shit. You're like, how does that fit in that category? How? Right, right. How? And they're like, well, because it's of similar shape. Right. Are they down there making up words and shit? Well, it's um because when <laughs> when I go by my grandma house <laughs> and they like yeah. they will justify yeah. any fucking thing. It'll be like um, things you use outside, and someone will write stapler, and you're like, "What? You right. never stapled papers outside?" Right. No. no I remember what? getting offended because I used to play when I was little. Mm -hmm. um, like the, the box says twelve and up. And I was like seven playing that shit. Oh. And so I got like really mad. And I like, I remember, I remember taking a pen, scratching up the, <laughs> the, the 12, and putting seven plus because fuck. Gifted, wow. kids gifted, young age. You know, I told you I like words. I'm just so. saying, you know, I was out here playing Scrabble, busting it down. Fuck Junior Scrabble. It's right. just the same board with smaller pieces. Yeah, it's dumb. Yeah. I was, I mean, I learned how to play Spades, Scrabble, Dominoes, uh, and a couple other staples when I was like five or six. Wow. Um, Bago was lit too. Yeah, like, and those were also the ways I learned how to count. Oh, yeah. You know, those were the ways I learned how to pick up patterns. Those were the ways. That's why I fell in love with that. Yeah, My fucking love for board games. Sure, Go, sure. mom. My mom was pretty awesome. She would always say that um, she didn't need friends. Because she had her kids. Her kids were her friends. Oh, And cute. there were four of us. And so she taught us how to play everything. Mm -hmm. We played gin rummy. We played spades. We played everything you could think of. It was just like, we're going to play that. Like, yeah. we'd play it. And we'd be wonderful at it. So really early on, we were all doing these very adult games yeah. that didn't seem adult at all. But sure. they were supposed to be complex and supposed to be difficult and very strategic games. And 
They were just fun to us, so. We're gonna do a nice guy game then now. Nice I, game this, game. It's a thing now, it's on record. Period. That part. Definitely. So, how, so you say, like, you know, you are a, um, you, you love math. I mean, considering you're a poet, how do you feel like math plays into your poetry? Um, well, there's always the, like, really obvious, like, the number of lines and yeah. the number of syllables mm -hmm. and blah, blah, blah. Iambic pentameter and blah, blah, blah. All of that's great. It's the same way it works with music, but in that same light, um, I think that poetry is similar to math in the way that it is formulaic. Um, you know, every, I would say that. The quadratic formula is what it is because it works, you know. Right, yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. Whatever yeah, it is, it yeah. is because it works. You know, the Pythagorean theorem is because it works, because it makes sense. It follows a system, it follows a pattern, it is a rule, not a theory. So, same with poems. A sonnet is only written this way. A <coughs> lyric uh, can be written this way. A haiku is written this way. And it's up to you to fill in those blanks, just like variables in any other math. Sure. Yeah. So that's what I find pretty dope about the overlap there. Mm -hmm. um, and even further, there has been a lot of studies with um, non-sighted people who have been utilizing audio to create images. So rewiring your brain to take in a different sense in order to create a picture mm -hmm. that your eyes typically would for you. Um, and in studying that by accident, um, it's made me feel, it's made me become more descriptive in my work to be more, uh, be more intentional with the, mm -hmm. the actual words I'm putting on the page because not everyone has the same accessibility to senses that mm -hmm. you might. So to be, to go just another layer deeper into what that feeling is and to go just another layer deeper into what that moment is, what's happening, what does it look like, what does it feel like, what does it smell like, what is on your fingertips, what was sitting on your eyelash at the moment, did you scratch your nose or did you rub it? Being particular about those kind of things creates a very similar audio image in your head yeah. where you uh, your brain starts filling these missing pieces for you mm -hmm. um, and so providing more information so that the person is able to get a sense of a fuller picture a more clear picture a more vivid picture with more color more light more yeah. sound is I don't know it's uh, it's just as breathtaking as listening to an amazingly composed piece of music or seeing someone dance beautifully mm -hmm. it's the the images you can create with words is amazing to me yeah. so the intricacies of life yeah yeah right to do yeah <laughs> to yeah um totally like uh attention to detail you know that's just uh that's the um that's just the, the the formula to mastering any craft is like you know it's like you can you can clean something and clean it enough for it to like seem like and I know this because I wash dishes and I clean <laughs> shit like I you know I, you can clean something where it's like good enough where like you know someone can use it again and then like you know it and then you 
can move on with it, or you can, uh, you know, clean it a lot more uh, thoroughly with like, you know, a rhythm with like a, the steel wool, mm-hmm. you know, that I've been using a lot lately. And like, you can make it and actually like have like a, a, a motion that makes, that works every time that is going to, you know, make you more satisfied with it. And it's going to make others more satisfied with it too. And I think the same thing can go with literally any, it, it applies to anything. Um, it applies to, you know, that song that, you know, you like it, like a song someone is working on where they are considering being done with it, but then they go back, listen to it again. And they change like that one little transition or they change like that, you know, literally that one tiny part where they were like off tempo, mm-hmm. um, film shots, like, you know, literally down to like the, the like that the half a second the quarter of a second like the timing of like the the changing the angles of the shots you know or um you know uh um the filling the transitions or when the music cues in like those tiny little intricacies they make a world of a difference mm-hmm. um and and that's kind of that's that's cool because it's like you sort of um you know, assessing your, like, your poetry by its design. I mean, that, that's, that's a really cool way to look at it because it makes, I feel like it, it also goes, I feel like it goes well with, like, that organizational side of yeah. your personality. That's a big part of me. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's weird. Yeah, so, uh, so what do you, um, I guess, like, uh, I mean, I know you work a lot. You have, like, a myriad of jobs. Um, what are you, like, working on or what are your goals with your with your poetry now um i like to let poetry happen as it happens um performing is always wonderful um creating a dialogue is always wonderful being able to start a conversation with the poem is always great um because it is another form of rhetoric that is not so spot on not so um, cut and dry, you know, mm-hmm. leaves some some wiggle room for interpretation, and it often allows people to um, really bring their own experiences into that scenario as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but in that light, I don't really care to like be a poet. That sounds terrible. Um, (laughs) Like, poetry is wonderful, and I am certainly a poet, but to only think a a coin for my work is not my desire. I think it's wonderful when people can truly make a career out of something they're passionate for. Mm -hmm. That is not the way my passion is fueled for poetry. Sure. Um, In my career, I like to... I prefer to organize, I prefer to bring people together to gain information, to to share in the, the commonwealth. Student of life. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and in my mind, that is the greatest form of higher education, is to come together to share with other people who might have information that's different from yours, to balance that. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of knowledge comes from experience, I believe, and I think that's one of the best ways to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, sitting in a classroom building and Right, right, right. Yeah. It's not for everybody. Um, And, you know, that comes from people wanting to buy their tickets instead of, or wanting to buy their lessons instead of being taught them. 
and um, I don't know it's just kind of like if if there is someone who wants to read something dope find it go, go read it but if you want to buy a book if you want to yeah. be a part of this thing like it's kind of it's it's a different kind of experience that you have with that author and with that poet than you do when it's um, something more organic like being used for workshop or being used for <clears throat> conversation or being used as a means to communicate mm -hmm. a specific feeling. All of those are still valid and still will happen regardless of your sale or not. Yeah. Me personally, I don't care to sell phones. I just don't really. Yeah. You know, I'll sell performances. Sure. I'll perform for you. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah. Um, so publishing has always been on my mind. It's just not something that I'm like, yeah, I gotta do that, you know? I always tell people if I ever do publish, it'll be with an ISBN and it'll just be me trying to get library deals. Cause yeah. I don't, I don't really care. Right, I don't really right. care about the dollars. Like, did you read it? Did you get it? Yeah. Yeah, okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> That's really what it's about for me. And even in that, um, I don't care for the accolades as much when it comes to poetry, not, especially not as much as I did when I was younger. Just. Mm -hmm. Um, in the past few years, poetry has become a lot more personal for me, and I yeah. think that's what it's about. It's about me um, being able to decompress and process the different things I might be going through or experiencing in my day-to-day -day life. And if somebody happens to relate to that or happens to pick up on that or likes what I've said about it, awesome, dope, let's have that conversation. But do I want that to be the system of exchange for the kind of passion I'm putting into these projects? Right, right. So, yeah, right. that's me. That totally, totally makes sense, and that also, um, I think, uh, great. It greatly um, uh, increases like your just personal, like emotional gratification for it, rather mm -hmm. than it's like I'm doing this because I feel like you know I have to because mm -hmm. it's like you know I. It's like you're not you're not worrying about capitalizing mm -hmm. it or on it or anything. It's like this is at the end. This is your truth. Mm -hmm. um, that's real. Mm -hmm. That is super real. Um, yeah. yeah. But I think it, at the same time, it's really fucking dope when you can capitalize oh, on of your truth. Yeah. I'm not gonna knock anybody doing right, that. Right. I, I buy books. Right, right, right. <laughs> I'm a yeah. book buyer. Like yeah. if you're like, oh, I got, I brought my book with me today. Here's your fifteen dollars. Give me. Like, of course. I'm going to support you. I'm going to buy that book. I'm. I think I have. I have both of Destiny Fletcher's books, Ordeal and Abstract. I have um, Sam Pamereski. Pam. I suck at saying her last name, but she's a phenomenal yeah. poet. She's yeah, wonderful. Sure. And she's doing a, or she was doing a fellowship with Woodland Pattern. I'm not sure if she's still there, but she was wonderful. Mm -hmm. I have Mikey's book. I have um, Waiting on Unique to Draw a Book, but you know, that's. That's what it is. Um, I have Franklin's book. I have his name is Franklin Klein. He's a pretty dope poet sure. from the city. Um, I have one of my cousin's books, Nia Peters. I have um, so many people who've just kind of journeyed through the city. Who mm -hmm. are like, oh, I'm here. Here's a book. Yeah. Like, I have several of Billy Tubbs' books. I have a Bonafide Rojas book, who is a New York-based poet. I have. Um, 
a couple of I have Denez's book. Uh, I have so many wonderful great right, poets yeah. who are not exactly from here, but have come here or who are absolutely from here and love their city and represent super hard. There's so many great poets out here doing wonderful things. And it's just like, what am I throwing another book in the mix for? Right, <laughs> right, right. right <laughs> yeah. So if you get one, dope, get that mug. But if you don't, you don't. It's great. There's so many wonderful people out here totally. to read. If you need a recommendation list, I got you. But that's, you know, that's where I'm at. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, mm -hmm. I, I want that. Yeah. Uh, you'll have to lay that on me. Um, so, I also do want to see a performance at some point. Um, that'd be dope. I mean, I, I mean, I like, I've seen like, uh, I've, curated like uh i curated like a little poetry slam at the jazz gallery like a year and a half ago but mm -hmm. there's so much more than you know what i i mean i like it i tapped into like the poetry scene from doing that but i know that there's so much more and mm -hmm. i definitely want to see like more of that like uh do you like do you like to you know yeah i love bring to perform. it um performing is great performing is always wonderful i love that part of it um but what was the question? Oh, just like, uh, how would you do? I mean, how, I, I just didn't even really ask. Oh yeah, one, but just how, like stuff. Yeah, how uh, would you describe your your performances? They're subtle. Like, I think of myself as a page poet, which is why it's really interesting that I haven't published or that I haven't put something out on paper, because um, mm -hmm. I I believe my poetry is most impactful on the page. Yes, I'm a great performer. Absolutely not. No, but, um, I know you are. In reality, they it hits harder on the page. Um, mm -hmm. It's something about sitting with a piece of work that just feels different, that gives you a different energy. It's, um, it's like, it's like the first time that one teenager picked up a Harry Potter book. And there's that moment where you're like, fuck, what? What? Like, that's happening right no. now? That happens in poems all the time. And for something to be so short, so concise, so quick, and you have that entire experience in this small thing, it's just, I don't know, it's a very sacred experience to me. And that's what I try to provide with my poetry is to be genuine to be honest to be as honest as possible to capture that moment um so yeah totally it's beautiful yeah. um i'm sure you can perform sometime oh i i i know i will uh, just give me the time and place i'll be there um so do you i am so considering you know you you like to write mm -hmm. um do you read a lot yeah yeah. <laughs> the only reason I ask that is because I made podcasts, but I really don't listen to that many podcasts. I mean, I like, it's like, and I meet, I know, I meet a lot of musicians that don't listen to that much music. Which is weird to me. Yeah. But because they feel like they get, they break, ones I've talked to, like, they just break it down so technically and start noticing, like, little things about, like, that makes it so they can't enjoy it as much because they're so analytical about it. Mm -hmm. But which I, I can I can see that. Which happens with anything that you're around a lot. But at the same time, 
you know, studying your craft is important to what you're doing. Yeah. That doesn't mean that you're always in study mode. And right. that's also speaking to that musician was like, ooh, I cannot listen to the next five albums that are about to drop because yeah. I'm working on this right. thing. And that is very real. Like, sometimes um, humans do this thing where we repeat something we've heard not knowing we're repeating it. Mm-hmm. So, as an artist, you can often fall into the pattern of, of repeating a phrase you really liked or a pattern or a um, syllable set that was really pleasing to your ear that kind of stuck with you and you don't realize that it was said before, that you felt that before, that mm-hmm. someone else literally just said it because it's just in the back of your head. Yeah. So when you're in the moment of creation, when you're in the process of creation, it can become very halting because you're like, fuck, no, I can't just remake the same project someone else just put out. That's yeah. not one, that's not my thought. Two, it's not an original thought. And three, it's not what I want to say. Mm-hmm. So when you're trying to like sift through all of those different things, it, it is helpful not to um, read too much or not to listen too much right. or whatever the case is. But you can't. I don't think anyone can ever expect to be good at something or to, to do well in this thing without studying those who came before them. Um, you know, history repeats itself, but even further, um, history is one of our greatest teachers. You know, if you don't know what the fuck happened in the past, how do you know what not to do in the future? How do you know what to do in the future? How do you know what's going to work for you? How do you know? And you, a lot of times you don't know until you try. But there mm-hmm. are a lot of things you can knock off the list if you know what's going on ahead of time. Like I thoroughly believe in working smarter and not harder, and that is one of the ways to do that. That's real. That is so real. You know? Man, like, yeah, like, people get this... They get this, like, uh, this quantity over quality mentality mm-hmm. where it's like... I blame that on Drake. You blame it on Drake. <laughs> <laughs> Like, Drake went through this period of dropping an album, like, every seven months. Mm -hmm. And you were just like, content, 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 content. But every fucking song started to sound the same to me. Like, and that happens with every artist. Sometimes you are in in a mode of such production, of such output, of so many things going through your mind. And wanting to put out so much that these things start to run together. Um, I have written books. I have a couple books that I've written that are not published, but in one of those books, I have a series of poems called The Gardener. And I have wrote um, these five or six poems in like the span of a month. And when I went back to look at them, a lot of the poems, or all six of them were almost the exact same poem. But I didn't realize I was writing this poem over and over and over and over Mm -hmm. until I sat down and looked back in my notebook and was like, yeah. <laughs> Those are the same fucking words in the same order. Right, yeah. What the fuck? So that, <laughs> yeah. was, that clearly was on my mind, you yeah. know? So then it's a matter of pulling those together and is this one complete thought? Is this a series? Is this, and whittling that down is where the artistry starts to come back into play. So mm-hmm. once you kind of dump all that shit out and you're able to figure out what what is meaningful in this moment, what makes sense in this moment, right. what's going on here, or what am I actually trying to speak to for that matter? things get to be a, a little bit more clear, but you can't disregard what's already going on in your head. Yeah. So there's a lot of things at work when you're an artist. Same when you're a journalist. There's a million things you want to talk about. Yeah, you're like, right. I have to talk about this. I have to get to that thing. I have to do this thing. I have to get over here. Oh, I gotta yeah. talk to that one person. And there's always gonna be something that falls through the cracks. So just 
being able to balance all of that is going to be strenuous for anybody. Oh, yeah. So the least we could do is try to prioritize that shit. Right, like, right. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I'm so glad you said all of that because it's like, I, I'm a firm believer that you can't really just sit and brainstorm something. Like, I don't, I don't, I've never believed in like, like, we have to sit here and we have to come up with something and like, it has to be done, you know, we'll sit here all night if we have to. But it's like, you're forcing your psyche mm -hmm. so much to, you know, to make something make sense. But I think it, it you like, it has to come naturally mm -hmm. in, like most of the time. Like, you know, you know, like how it's like, you come up with that like phrase of words or you come up with that lyric, you come up with that, that title, it just comes to you, mm -hmm. you know, it comes from something that, you know, happens to make sense in that moment, like you said. Um, it, it's just something you can't, uh, you can't voluntarily be searching for. Right. And that's why it's like, you know, going back to that, like, quantity over quality mentality that people have, it's like, you know, you could have, you could, there's people that think that, like, oh, I, like, I spend all night in the studio, I'm grinding, like, while y'all are going out, while y'all sleeping, I'm grinding, but it's like, okay, how good is your, like, how good and well, uh, well-crafted your shit is that mm -hmm. you're, that you're supposedly grinding so hard at, mm -hmm. you could be at the studio all night, you could be making trash, you know, yeah. I could, I could be doing, you know, uh, several episodes a day and wearing myself out and ended up, end up having, uh, you know, subpar, uh, content, yeah. you know, I like, it's like, are you sleeping well? Are you, are you, you know, making time for your hobbies, making time for your friends? Are you, uh, you know, finding that balance of, of, uh, um, you know, work, but also, um, you know, your, your side gigs, uh, your, your, you know, personal relationships? Are you setting time to, you know, just do things that, you know, make you wholesome. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's, that that's, you, you come up with just so much better shit when you are actually paying attention to those, um, to just the, the, your daily cycles and just giving attention to various departments of your life that you so desire. Mm -hmm. And that is what allows you to just see the world from, you know, a lens where you are in the best state of mind to be coming up with something inspirational or mm -hmm. finally coming up with that, that title you've been like waiting to come up with. Like it just, it just comes to you. And I, people like, you know, force, and I'm guilty of this too. Like this past like month I went ape shit with, <laughs> with episodes, but like, um, but like we, we are in such this, um, I think that we get into this competitive ethic so much where it's like, I have to outdo myself. I have to, I have to outdo like everyone else. I have to be outstanding. I have to do the most out of anyone, anyone of my peers. I have to be, you know, I have to be doing, pushing myself beyond the absolute limits until like, I feel like I'm, you know, I'm accomplished to where I need to be. Mm -hmm. But that's just such a force. And I think that it's like, we just get in this, a lot, and I mean, it's something that everyone has to fight because we're raised with such, you know, I think I think that this is where capitalism becomes a mindset mm -hmm. more than just a, a socioeconomic model. It's like mm -hmm. we're constantly thinking about how we can stay ahead of other people. We're constantly thinking about there has to be a winner and a loser. And 
I think that it's just we've been so indoctrinated with it our whole entire lives, mm-hmm. where it's like this is we we constantly have to think about oh, we have to be the best so we can monopolize our craft and make it so like this we're the on top of the shit. But throw all that shit out the window because we it makes us live very unhealthy lifestyles. Mm-hmm. Thinking about that, it makes us demonize our peers. It makes us it makes it, it strains relationships. It, it makes it so we don't give our best output because we think so much about the cloud and we think so much about, you know, our, the, the, the image aspect of it rather than the actual heart that we put into it. And that's why, you know, if, if, and, and some people can work really hard, stay up really late and come up with great shit. You know, sometimes you do have to have that night where you're going to stay up and actually finish this piece or you're going to finish that song. Like there are going to be times where it's like you do have that, those, those late nights. And, but are you doing it because you're onto something rather than you feel like you are inclined by, um, by external forces? You know what I mean? Yeah, every artist is gonna be different, and I think that's what's easiest to appreciate about people is that you know just because your art is different or your art is new, yeah. <laughs> you know, right. doesn't mean that it's not credible or that you aren't doing diligent work on it. And even to that same effect, everyone's process is gonna be different. Mm-hmm. You don't get to determine whether or not someone is working hard or if their shit is well crafted based on the work you see them do or right, you yeah. hear about them doing it's really about the proof in the pudding you know a, getting biblical about it a tree is known by the fruit that it bears so if you are not bearing fruit or if you're only bearing rotten fruit for them <laughs> yeah, right. it's gonna be very fucking apparent what kind of work you're doing what kind of seeds you're sowing what kind of karma you're putting into the universe and what the fuck is coming back to you so it's it's really fucking clear a lot of times about who is actually putting in the work you know like i hear about everybody that i have seen a number of young artists from milwaukee talk mad shit about other young artists from milwaukee but in the same breath would be like oh i was trying to dap dude up i was trying to shake hands for him and um then he said this random thing and now I'm fuck dog or whatever right, <laughs> right, yeah. shit. and i'm just like you sound mad silly. Right. You sound really in your chest. Here's a ladder, bud. Climb the right. fuck out. You, you, my friend, are a goofy. Basically. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like... Yeah. What, what is going on here? Like, what is the point of... Mm-hmm. Attempting to discredit someone else's hard work or discredit someone's image that they worked for in the attempt to make yourself look better? Or, yeah. right. you know, whatever. And, um... You know, you hear people, especially artists from Milwaukee, talk about people having this crabs in a barrel mentality. And it's really interesting to me that people don't think about the fact that, why that is, you know what I'm saying? And that goes back to that capitalistic model of there has to be a winner and a loser. In order to have, um, in order to function in capitalism, you have to understand economic class. In order to understand class, you have to uphold that caste system. Right. So and only the only way to feel like you're better than or that you're successful a lot of times in this kind of society or in this model is to have someone else under you for you to be able to look and say, 
oh so and so ain't got as many likes as me oh so and so ain't got as many followers as me oh so and so didn't have the greatest turnout at their show so and so didn't sell this many tickets so and so don't know this photographer whatever the case is instead of focusing on yourself on your craft on what you're doing and i think that's why i gravitate toward the particular artists i do like i love the house of Renji, if you couldn't tell my little buttons on oh yeah yeah <laughs> basically yeah. oh my god so jane and them they're awesome but not because you know not just because of the music they're doing or the art they're putting out but because if you look at Jen and you look at the people he surrounds himself with, it's always genuine. It's always him being himself and trying to be his best self That's opposed what? to trying to come out and, and be a rapper. You know, right. trying to be this clout chasing ass, super popular ass, right. whatever. Yeah. Instead, by just doing you, you tend to create a genuine fan base. You, you, um, you're able to foster a sense of companionship between yourself and your fans and that is crucial to a lot of people like that's the that's the reason why people like cardi b got famous so fucking fast yeah. because she was able to capitalize her personality uh, capitalize on her personality on being a real person on being a regular degler schmegler girl from yeah. the Bronx, you know yeah. like being able to be like oh no i'm normal as fuck makes it makes you more accessible to the people considering themselves normal as fuck so to to do that in a way that is not off-putting that is not like all oh, i'm better than you because you want to be famous is is hard to come across right, right. um so people like amarel people like jane joyce people like um emma james people like man yes people like moody people like uh vana zander people oh, yeah. like um just just those people like Ishtar and him and, and anybody from Volo Park and all of them are all wonderful people because they try to be yeah. themselves or at least that's the energy I get from, from their social course, media presence, yeah. from their music, from their interactions with each other and staying in the mountain public or whatever the case is. And yeah. that makes all the fucking difference. Right. Like I can walk up to like Fallon and be like, Hey, I love you. Yeah. <laughs> and be like, Love you too, Queen. Uh, and like you'll oh be like God, <laughs> Yeah. Hey, talk to me. Like yeah. you know, those are those are all wonderful things right. but making yourself accessible in that way especially to the people from your hometown is gonna be the mm -hmm. it's gonna be the difference oh so. my god yeah like dope shit beautiful i love it and absolutely like i've had uh a lot of them like on the show i've mm -hmm. had like last week i had zed and drip in here i was just gonna say i love zed i love drip almost had a real name but <laughs> drip sweat drip sweat um we had a fucking, um, we had the time of our lives in that hour, uh, just drinking, shooting the shit, and just, like, just being ourselves here at this table, and, like, right. and, um, I'm, like... Said Kinzo was at this table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I she, need that she hot was, Cheeto shirt. She was sitting on this side, though. I need that Cheeto shirt. Zed, give us the hot Cheeto Please. shirt. Please. Give me the link, at least, yep. sis. I need that hot Cheetos put it, crop. Put it down there in the comments. Um... Yeah, and like, uh, yeah, House Renji, like, mm -hmm. every single one of them, like, I've, like, hung out with them, and they, when we hang out, like, whether it's Mikey, Ashley, Jane, Mon, Jen, like, all of them, like, they look at you and talk to you like you're the only person in the room. Mm -hmm. It could be a crowded ass night at company. We're hanging out, we set, we, we're sitting at the table on the side asking how we're doing, checking in with each other, just, um, you know, 
sharing just, you know, what's, what's mm-hmm. relevant with us right now. And like, there's no interruptions. There's no like, oh, this person came up to us. I'm going to talk to them now. Right. We'll, we'll go back to this later. Right. Like they're it's, real people. They're real as happen fuck. to be great. You right, know? right, 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 right. Yeah. They're regular ass people. And I get like, and I, and as like, and I can attest to it too. Like, I mean, those people, there are people that, you know, I come across in the scene where it's like the word, they're not quite at that point yet mm-hmm. where like, you know, we can just, it doesn't matter, you know, where we are or like what we're doing. It's like, there's, there's some people I know that like I can approach and they will take that time to have a genuine conversation. And it doesn't matter if like they, doesn't matter the distractions, doesn't matter who else is here. It's like, you know, there's people that you like, People that you can just, it doesn't matter if it's a packed ass show. You can, even if you're screaming over the music, even if you're, you know, yelling over all everyone else, like, that you are going to talk to and, like, and hang, and just hang out with in that spot. Like, they're, like, like you said, they're real as fuck for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, and, like, I just, I really, like, you know, there's, there's also plenty of other really amazing people. I got to give a shout out to one of my favorite people, that, uh, Christopher Cunningham. Yeah, go see. Yeah. Y L six four. One of my he like, we had a really good conversation at TDM Fest last weekend, and uh, there are a lot of great Chris's in the city. Just oh yeah, yeah, right. A lot of great people named Chris out here. Chris. <laughs> <laughs> if your name's Chris, you probably don't. Right, right, right. Chris is yeah. Shout out, shout out to the Chris's. All the Chris's. Right, right. But uh, he, you know, was. Um, also really dope, genuine dude, sweetest fucking guy, like also made a great fucking album this year. Mm-hmm. Shout out Rose Gold Mutt. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's how a lot of creatives hang out is at shows because a lot of people, you know, just, they devote their time to their craft or they devote time to, um, you know, finding, find, just finding that time to give that love back to themselves right. too. You know, that's why I don't hang out with that many people these days. But, yeah, uh, I guess just, yeah. What we're trying to say is, you know, just, uh, there's, it's like real see real, I mm-hmm. think, so. Be genuine and the rest will happen. Like, if you're yourself, people will like you. And there's going to be someone who doesn't fucking like you. Right. Period. But, typically... Um, if you're yourself, you'll attract other people that are like you or other people who want to be like you or aspire to be that way. Mm-hmm. So it's best to just do do you. Like, yeah. trying to be the next person, you'll always be second best. Yes. You'll always be second best at being the next guy. Right. But when you're yourself, you're always the best at that. Mm-hmm. You're always going to be the best at being you. No one right. else can be you. You are an expert on your life. Yep. Um, if you go by um, Malcolm Galwell's 10,000 hour rule, a lot of us have been ourselves for a lot longer than 10,000 yeah, hours. Yeah. In that case, you've done your due diligence on yeah. like, Be yourself. Be your absolute perfect you. And that the, where the line is on perfection is always going to change. You're always going to chase it. And that's always going to be great. Because if you're striving for excellence, you will always be excellent. Mm-hmm. But when you even when you fail, you will fail excellently. You can only fail up when you're striving for excellence. Those failures start to become triumphs, even more so. So just, you're better off just doing you and like making that pop because why try to be a million other people? Right, right, you know, right. like, um, we talked about me being a poet a lot, but 
that's not my dream right, <laughs> you know right. like being a poet is a wonderful thing that I was um, that I'm grateful enough to be gifted at mm -hmm. you know that yeah. I am I was blessed with having this great gift for words dope but if I chose not to harness that at all that would not take away from who I am in all the mm -hmm. other ways you know what I mean like but it would be something lost you know it would yeah. be something that I could gain from that that I wouldn't be getting to mm -hmm. so I'm going to always do poetry I'm always going to do things that inspire me that make me happy that seem genuine and that come to me naturally um, but even in that same breath a challenge is even better you know yeah. and I am always looking to organize to bring people together to figure something else out to get people in the right room to know so-and-so to network to connect to learn something new to fucking get your blood pressure checked oh, right, right. Right. Yeah. you know like if you need something and I know where that shit is I'm gonna get you to it you know like that's my biggest thing is getting people together to get the information they need for fucking survival so um, yeah, you need help. You need help organizing an event. I'm your gal. Um, that's it's just it's something that needs to be done. More people need to be brought together. More people need to be around each other, yeah. especially in Milwaukee. And a lot of us creatives do a really good job at connecting and being honest with each other and trying to be kind to each other. But a lot of us people in general are shitty to each other stop being fucking shitty just be a good person just be kind treat people how you want to be treated i always tell people i'm not nice i'm never going to be nice to you it's not going to happen that's my job i'm, I'm nice very kind <laughs> yeah i'm very generous i can do those things yeah. i can be humble i can i can be meek but i'm not going to be nice i'm going to tell you the truth i'm going to tell you what i mean i'm gonna mean what i say and i'm gonna stand on my shit if you choose not to if you don't rock with that if you choose that you don't agree with that all of that's perfectly fine that's up to you but i'm not gonna change right, 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 for you i'm not i can only be better i can only be my best self however that doesn't mean that again when the market is for better it won't change that doesn't mean that i'm not growing it doesn't mean that i'm not experiencing new things but it does mean that i'm going to be consistent mm -hmm. it does mean i'm gonna you know remind people of who i am because no matter who you are who i am isn't gonna change you don't affect that you don't change this over here right, right, right. it's just up to you to decide how much of a relationship you want with this person here with this spirit here with this embodiment of the universe right here that's up to you and if, i think we did a great job with that because <laughs> we had a we, we that's how you make a great podcast that's how you make a good podcast man i caught you there <laughs> um well this was wonderful um I, uh, yeah, I will see you at work later. <laughs> um, but, uh, Aaliyah, tell me what keeps you up at night. What keeps me up at night? Mm -hmm. The white supremacist patriarchy keeps me up at night. That's real. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. People assuming that polyamory, it means being a slut. That keeps me up. That at is night. real as well. Mm -hmm. People who think polyamory is just having threesomes. Yeah, that keeps right. me up at night. We we could have had a whole ass oh, episode oh, about polyamory. Yeah, we'll have to do part two. But yeah, yeah, those are the things that keep me up at night. Um, 
knowing about the housing insecurities in Milwaukee, that keeps me up at night. Mm-hmm. Knowing that there are young children out here going unfed and unloved, that keeps me up at night. Right. Um, the uprising in Sudan. That keeps me up at night. Yeah. Revolution for the people of Sudan. Wow, yeah. <sighs> so many things. Yeah, that's a lot. So many things. The end of capitalism, however, is on its way. Mark your calendars because the revolution will not be televised, but it might be online. We haven't uh, we haven't secured a date for it yet, no. but y'all will know. We'll put you to sleep, though. Hodge keys, Hodge wives. Right, right, right. It's time, y'all. It's time. We'll put you to sleep. Something like that. S- something like that. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think that sums it up. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Had a, had a wonderful See time. you later. Yeah. Uh, thank you for watching, Mr. Nice Guy. We'll see you next time.